0: Well, well, well. Welcome back. My name is Cedric Bailey, your radio announcer, and so glad to have with us today, Doctor Littles. Hey, how you doing?
1: Good morning. Good morning, everyone.
0: And also, we have us joining us today, Marilyn Van. Marilyn, how you doing?
1: I'm doing very good,
0: sir. Thank you. All right, Doctor Littles, you get to get a chance to recap and tell us your comments because we're going to share with you the meeting that took place in Tatum, Oklahoma, on this past Saturday. Go right here, Dr. Littles.
1: It was the third meeting on January 18th of the Descendants of the Chickasaw and Chactau Freedmen Nations. Uh, This was, again, as I said, our third meeting, and we were so pleased to have uh, Mrs. Merlin Van and Mrs. Simpson from the Shawnee uh, Seminole Tribe uh, to share their knowledge with us. It was a very, very productive meeting. We're getting organized and trying to... um, see where we can go with our organization. Uh, Maryland is uh, uh, the head of uh, the descendants of the freedmen of all five civilized tribes. And our little offshoot is dealing with the Chickasaw and the Choctaw. And uh, to give a little bit of history, when the Chickasaw Nation signed the treaty in 1866, they did not include all the freedmen. They included uh, some that were by blood. But uh, those that were not included were not citizens of any, uh, were not citizens of the United States, nor were they citizens of the Chickasaw Nation. So they wandered in the desert for 40 years without citizenship, so to speak, like the children of Israel. And so now I feel like it's time to find some kind of promised land for these people. They uh, were identified with the Chickasaw Nation back uh, during slavery. They ate the same food. They spoke the language. They were not familiar with the other cultures of African uh, slaves who were from the South or or the other Plains Indians. So they identified with the tribe that they were associated with, and they wanted to be a part of it. And we're here to help them reclaim that part of their heritage. And thank you very much, Cedric, for allowing me to speak on podcast to uh, various people. This has been very helpful.
0: Well, thank you so much. And uh, uh, before we hear from Marilyn, and we're going to be hearing from her from the meeting and everything, uh, Terry Ligon uh, was able to uh, join us at the beginning. We didn't get that audio on, but we will get him on. But what could you say about what Terry uh, was able to do? Because he's out of the West Coast in California.
1: Terry was very helpful and very informative. Terry, like Marilyn, are soldiers in this war. They have been fighting for the last 30 or 40 years. And Terry has uh, traced his genealogy back to Betty Ligon. Uh, in Oklahoma, we say Liggins, But anyway, he traced it back to uh, Betty Liggins, who was the litigant in the uh, Equity 7077, where Chickasaw female were suing for their rights to be included on the, on the tribal roles by blood. And uh, the litigation was almost successful.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We don't know clearly what happened, but uh, he is very, very proud of his lineage. He grew up in California and didn't know anything about it. He said he heard drips and drops about his heritage from his father, but he didn't believe it yeah. until he started his own research. Yes, And that led him on a, on
0: a lifelong journey. And, and what's amazing, his family is from Carter County, just like you and I are from uh, this part of Southern Oklahoma, and and I I can just ride down in the interstate, and I said, man, it's just amazing what it was like during that time period, uh, you know, because they traveled by horse and wagon during that time period. There were no roads, and they lived in certain areas in in the state of Oklahoma. So you have to really, really know what's happening. So uh, kudos to Terry, and we're gonna get him on. Now, before we start running this interview and sharing everything, Marilyn, we'd like to get your feedback and your comments on what took place in Tatum over the weekend. And then there is another meeting that's going to be held on this Saturday, and it's going to be at one of the churches. So, Marilyn, if you would share that information, what's going to be happening on Saturday at 1 o'clock in Oklahoma City.
3: Okay. Well, uh, before I share about the meeting um, uh, in uh, Oklahoma City, Um, I want to thank Dr. Littles for allowing me to uh, let the people know uh, about some of the things going on in uh, Washington, D.C., affecting the Freedmen, which we're going to go into uh, much more at the meeting in Oklahoma City. Um, I was really, uh, I was really uh, uh, enheartened with the enthusiasm of the people, professionalism of Dr. Littles. The uh, you know folks signing up for different committees in order to try to get something done to right some wrongs. Uh, so I was uh, I was very pleased to be um, allowed to take part. Now regarding what's going to, coming up on Saturday, we are having a Descendants of Freedmen of the Five Tribes Association meeting um, this coming Saturday, January the twenty fifth in Oklahoma City. At Faith Memorial Baptist Church, three one one seven North Kelly. Now that's at one p.m. We'll meet in the fellowship hall. Uh, <clears throat> now it's it's a meeting open to the public. Uh, you don't have to be uh, associated with any tribe or um, or, uh, or or Indian band. People of any race are welcome. Uh, so we are going to uh, be talking some about some of the events coming up in D.C., about some uh, potential legislation which should help enforcement of freedmen treaty rights. Um, we are uh, also going to have a couple of uh, special speakers. Uh, we'll have uh, Attorney Ron Johnson, Dr. Gilbert Parks. Both of those have been, are freedom fighters. Uh, we're also going to hear more from um, Councilman uh, <clears throat> uh, Lietta Sampson, who spoke for just a few minutes down in Tatum's. Um, and uh, she'll be talking about some of the things that have been happening down in the... You know, of course, he has freedman relatives himself. He does have a
4: freedman ancestor, as well as about eight on the Bible blood roll. So he... Uh, uh, but he is actually the person who knew Mr. Frank and and brought him into this fight uh to help us and through him of course uh miss waters who was uh on that committee at that time um you know started her involvement now uh mrs waters is trying to do a reauthorization of the indian housing bill indian housing uh, Nahasta, uh native american housing and so, um, she wants to have language in there that would tie the Freedmen's 1866 treaty rights that of how they're being observed to the tribes being able to receive the housing. And the person, the ones who are speaking the loudest against this are, uh, of course, is the Chickasaw Nation, the most powerful tribe in the United States. The, the, their chief, the most powerful Indian in the United States. So you know that is not uh, you know that's not a secret. We all know that he's been running the show for about thirty years over there. His son is who's just been sworn in as the second chief is going to be running the show, doing the same, going the same direction. I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure. So. Um, what, uh, so as I said, uh, that they are going from uh, congressman to congressman, uh, and, and again, there's not an actual bill with language there. There have, myself and Mr. Grayson, uh, we have been dealing with Ms. Waterstaff on that committee, you know, trying to work up, you know, something, and they've asked us not to be passing around any draft language. Uh, you know, something that they're hoping that the tribes can buy in. First, I think it's going to be very difficult for the tribes to buy in with what we have tried to put out there because, you know, either they don't want any language or if they to have to accept something, then something where that says something about, well, the tribal courts would make decisions or, or something there where they would still be in control. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, one thing that we have tried to do is get additional help on this. Now, there's a man named Mr. Dominic McCoy, an attorney who, uh, he was the lead attorney on the committee when Mr. Uh, Frank was, was the chairman, and, Mrs., uh, and also I think part of the time when Mrs. Waters came in, he then took a job at HUD, he, uh, uh, but in recent years, he has uh, uh, he left the position as assistant uh, assistant director of HUD or whatever it was, assistant secretary to open up his own lobbying shop. Now this person mostly works for banks, and he charges the banks fifty thousand a month. Now that's a, and you may think that that's not the most highly paid lobbyist in D.C. by far. And so, uh, but. What he has done because he believes in the freedmen. I I personally know this man, um, and uh, myself, uh, Mrs. Sampson. She's also uh, he's also quietly met with us when he was uh, uh, when he was uh, uh, still employed uh, uh, before he set up his own shop, and he set up different meetings with us other places. Uh, but uh, at any rate, he uh, his charity rate is two thousand dollars a month. And so uh, myself and Mr. Grayson, we've signed an agreement, I don't want to say we've signed, we've set up an agreement with him to uh, try to raise $2,000 a month in order for this person, who again uh, worked on Capitol Hill for years, to be able to go out and put our, our story out there about, who the fr- about the freedmen and trying to push some kind of language so that the congresswoman can have enough support to get this bill through there. Because the chiefs are passing out checks to to people, che- uh, the Chickasaw Nation is out there, and they're telling the congressmen the freedmen are you know are, actually have abused the tribe. The freedmen are refugees. The Chickasaw freedmen are refugees that were taken in by the by the Chickasaw Nation and hidden from from the whites out there that were that were out there, and they and they got this 40 acres of land, and they're not grateful enough and they didn't have anything to do with the Chickasaw Nation. Now that's a story going up there in Washington, D.C. So, and, and, and they've got lobbyists by the bucket load. So that's what's actually going on. So we need to have someone out there, you know, beating the halls, advocating for us. Now, I also want to mention, it would be easier. Okay, when I was here before, I mentioned about how the Chickasaw Freedmen And that's the Choctaw Freedmen had weaker rights based on the treaties and based on subsequent uh, cases and the like than the Freedmen and the other three tribes where the rights were clearly, that the people were equal to the Indians, they they had citizenship rights, voting rights, rights to hold office, these kinds of things. Those things are are missing in the Choctaw-Chickasaw Treaty. It would be easier to go out there and advocate that this language should only cover the Cherokee, the Creek, and Seminole tribes. But we're trying to fight for everybody here. Now, I put, of course, like I said, my name is on this contract. So I put personal money in there. Other, some other folks have too. We need your help and your support. Now, I, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. McCoy is, uh, He's going to be coming in uh, on a uh, uh, he he's going to be dialing in to my descendants meeting that Mr. Grayson is running today in Tulsa, and he's going to be you know kind of talking about what's going on and the like and and Mr. Ms., Mr. Grayson I don't know if you would ever got to talk to him but I know one of the things he had wanted to do was hopefully there was some way that he could dial in here.
2: He had Mr. McCoy on the phone who wanted to right in and talk to us, but so we didn't have the capability. We don't have internet here,
4: so yeah. he couldn't Skype right in. Okay, well, that was one of the things that I was concerned. You know, that I, I told him I said, "This is, uh, you know, um, I I didn't think the capabilities were there." I, I do have I, I know I have a hotspot on. I can make a hotspot here, but I don't know. This is this is country. Okay.
2: Let's, let's <laughs> okay. Move on.
4: okay, moving on here. Um. <coughs> one of what, what the things we need we need some help from you folks here um, I, I and again this is not my meeting uh, but however you all can assist uh, with this lobbyist um, you know uh, w- we're not here to take up all the money um, and so but uh, you know uh, whether it's a collection are you all joining descendants organization or whatever you all can do uh, we appreciate it because uh, there's we
2: have like a fundraising
4: Okay, well, that's what we really appreciate it. So, but anyway, we needed to let you all know what was going on in Washington D.C. and uh, uh, and with with Mr. Uh, 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 Mr. McCoy, and that uh, we're, we want everybody to be able to get access to housing and the like. So, thank you very much. I appreciate it uh, being able to be on this program.
0: We're now recording now live, so we have to keep moving. So come on up, man. And we can do Skype.
5: I'll put that together.
4: <laughs>
5: okay. Hello, my name is Leanna Osborne Sampson. I am a council representative of Seminole Nation. I sit on council. It's two uh, black bands there. We are. Uh, we come together, a collective, as bands in our tribe and I'm from, I'm the band chief of the Cesar Bruno Band. We are experiencing the same things you guys are experiencing. My husband, he's Chickasaw as well, him and his family. We are experiencing this, but we do sit on council. We sit on council being able to vote in the things that come through our donation. We sit on council making decisions and all these different things, but at the end of this here council meeting that we do have, we only have the right to vote. We cannot assist. They count us every year for every program that they do have in our nation, but at the end of that, we get nothing but a vote. So these things must change within this year time that we're in. We are striving to come together as allies, one to another, to stand and fight this fight. What I've been, me and Miss Van has been doing is making the noise. We need to come together with different things, of, protesting all of us together at one time, if, if, if it's even possible to get us together to do these things, come in. A lot of people don't have a lot of things they can do, but if you can just stand there and hold a sign and tell them that that's an injustice. Let the people know that we're still here, because when I went to Washington, they looked at me and said, we thought all the black seminars were dead, because it's been that silent within the whole thing. Now, the chief may be our chief, but they told me that the chief does not speak on your behalf. So you have to have someone in Washington to come to that table to stand there and speak or just show up to know that we're still here. And we have not went away. Yes, we've been trying to build ourselves in this here society and come up with some things because our our own people have put us to the side. And we've been silenced long enough. So it's time for us to come out of this here closed mouth And I'm out out of that situation because I'm something else now. But at the end of the day, you'll come back to being who you are today, a chicken sock. At the end of the day, you have to let them know that you are still here and you want your just due. Because this is not charity, my people. This is not charity at all. What this is, is a genocide where they tried to kill you out. Well, those that were killed were killed, but those that were silenced are still alive. Now it's time to find your voice in this situation, and that's where we are today. And we are coming together, all of us, because we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same situation. So I ask today, think deep and hard and long where you stand in this, because your mothers, your fathers, your grandparents, and on and on have lived and died for you to leave a mark here in this nation with all these things. Everybody that's in this room is on that dog's rock. Everybody that's in, that's called a Native American is on that doll's road. I don't care what you look like, talk like, walk like, you are who you are. The treaty says, no matter what race, creed, or color, now these treaties start out in this manner. And some of them, they're indifferent. But as we stand together, we can change the face of the nations. And everybody come into the nation and be as they are to be. Who they are and what they can do in this nation. Once we get all this together, we'll be the strongest people in the state of Oklahoma, standing and thriving and building things. And nobody in this room is lazy, because you're not gonna get out in this cold and come out here and sit down and try to discuss something. Nobody. There's a lot of other things you can be doing right now. But I'm telling you, it's it's in you because your ancestors are speaking from their grave. We didn't do this for nothing. What are you sitting down for? Come on now. (laughs) Don't get me (laughs) started. Now I'm here to tell you this is where we are. And now we're here together. Now at the end of the day, I'm speaking for everybody in this room, everybody that got something to do with that dog's road That's what we do. As a people, we were the strongest. Now, silence is over. It's time to speak out. Speak up, speak out, and let's get it done. That
2: was a tribute to Martin Luther King. (laughs) Okay, my grandmother always said, a closed mouth doesn't get big. So, what she's saying is, we got to speak up. We got to ask for what was owed to our ancestors and are owed to us now. Uh, On the the website and on the back of uh, the agenda, There's a federal contact list, so it's the name of the offices that are important to the rights, the freedom, and the congressmen. If we do not do anything else, start calling. Everybody has a cell phone, everybody has a landline, or whatever. So start calling these congressmen. We will lobby them ourselves. Now what Ms. Van is talking about is uh, housing funding that comes from the U.S. government to the tribes. The funding has not been funded for this year. And so the funding is being tied up. And we have an opportunity, the, the tribes people, of all of the freedmen of all of the tribes, we have an opportunity to put in the bill a requirement that the funds are tied to some rights for the freedmen, whether they're by blood or they're just freedmen and if they if the freemen are not included in the funding bill the bill will not pass that's what they're asking
4: for right uh no the money will the money will continue on if they don't pass the bill at all but they want more funding they can't. They
2: can't get a better deal than what they have. Exactly. They, yeah, they want
4: additional funding and additional programs. So if they don't have a reauthorization, they can't get those additional things they want. But they're still going to get some money, uh, even if they don't have a reauthorization. So yes. Yeah, so what we want, what we want is, uh, what we want is a new bill that will tie the money to the freedmen, but uh, if there's not a bill, new bill passed at all, you'll get the same level of what they've got right now. You'll get the same programs. They won't have new programs uh, and other things that they want, so uh, that's what's going on. And
2: some some of the things that they want that Mr. Grayson is funding to build houses, to build apartment buildings, to invest. And so, if the Freeman included, you have the right to that funding also to, for investment
4: money. That's correct. If we can get that done, so uh, everybody, I, uh, I yes, when I was up there, I didn't mention the, the list. Thank you, Mrs. Littles. Uh, everybody should contact their own congressmen and their own senators and say that they want uh, that they want a housing bill that uh, includes Freeman. Um, and and and, uh, and they want to support Mrs. Waters' efforts. For right now, um, Mr. McCoy has suggested that we not contact uh, others than our own congressperson right now so far as uh, that particular issue. But uh, we're going to later on be expanding it. Uh, so, uh, you know, so hold on to those sheets. Okay. All
5: right.
2: And every day, uh, this week, I don't know, it's been phenomenal. Every day, I've had a meeting with different people over different issues on a lot of different committees. And so we were having a meeting in a lawyer's office for an entirely different uh, uh, problem that we're working on. So as I was sitting there talking, I had a phone call in from from a gentleman in, in Washington, D.C. and we were discussing the freedmen over the phone while I was in the office with the lawyer. So I saw the lawyer's eyes light up. So when I uh, hung up the phone, he said, what was that about? And I said, oh, we uh, have a group Freedmen descendants of the Chickasaw Choctaw. And I said, we are organizing, trying to go back and relitigate some of the rights that were not uh, given to the Freedmen. And he said, he was from the East Coast, of Virginia. And, he, and, I, and the first thing I said was, we don't have any money. You know, because <laughs> I saw his eyes. <laughs> he said, that's all right. He said, I'm interested. Uh, we're going to have a discussion. So we might have one lawyer. Okay, we'll probably need several. But as I said, every, every day the round goes higher and higher. I meet somebody every day who uh, is an is a asset and somewhat someone that can help us. Okay, all right. Um, I have a
6: question. Yes. You were uh, she was, she was talking about contacting our representative. Well, my question is, is there like a general statement that we should all use that you can have to send to everyone? Because my statement may be different from his, and his may be different from hers, and so that way we're all saying the same thing when we make that phone call instead of saying our own individual thing. That's
4: a good question. Well, yes, sir. yes, there, there, there could be one. Uh, it's something I really didn't think about, uh, like say setting up like kind of like a draft statement for for people as a guideline. Uh, can, and, and I understand some people might might not be sure they're saying the right thing, but yes, uh, I can I can kind of I can draft something out, and we can uh, and we can get this out. Sure. Yes. Yes. Deb, yeah, thank you. That's great suggestion.
0: If you have a question. Raise your hand because we we're recording this and people are wanting to hear this. and couldn't make it, thank you. Um,
5: our daughter uh, is uh, she lives on the East Coast in Virginia and um, her name is Stephanie Finney, she works for the government, and she is a descendant as well, and she's been working on some things, but she wants to be involved. She has a PhD, uh, works for the government, and so um, I told her that I would let you guys know, so whatever she can do to help, she, she's more than, than happy to help. Okay.
2: Uh, most, of the, uh, most of the committee meetings will be by conference call. So we can have anybody from anywhere in the United States I, I added uh, someone named Shelby Ward. I, I added someone from Seattle, Washington. Uh, she wanted to be on the legal committee. And so I added her. Uh, who's on the legal committee? Uh, right. Okay. Yes, we, we added, um, I, I think she's in law school. She on that on But we, we added someone in Seattle, Washington, who sent me an email asking. So we have people all over the United States, as I mentioned, that are calling yeah. in. And because we're using the conference call system, everyone can be a part of the committee meeting. How many people understand the conference call system? Okay, every committee is gonna have their own telephone number. There has to be one person who is the chairman of the committee. They will be they will be given an ex- access number, code. And then they will um, give out the, the, the individual phone number for that committee to everybody on the committee list. And the, they will be given the access code. So they will set up the date and time that they will meet. Everyone dial in and you can hear everyone talking at the same time. Well, shouldn't be talking at the same time. But everyone will be able to listen to each other. So I have put that all of that information in the agenda of how you use the conference call system. I would like to be included on every co- or every telephone uh, conversation that you have as a community member. That doesn't mean I'll be participating, but I would just like to make sure that everything goes smoothly. Okay. Okay. There's a question. Okay. There's a question. I have a question
7: for Miss Stan. Um, so, because of the treaties of 1866, for the Chickasaw and agreement treatment are different. Um, how does the language in the Nahazda bill? um differ for chickasaw and choctaw free
4: okay um the bill as it is right now uh okay Let, let me backtrack uh the draft language that the committee is uh using uh, has been working on it It doesn't it, it, it's not saying anything different um, about Chickasaw or Choctaw Freedmen the language just just kind of basically is uh, it's it's mentioning the tribes based on other acts of Congress not not saying uh, the, the Cherokee the Chickasaw the Creek that the Choctaw and Chickasaw it's referring them to some act of Congress that passed and and then it mentions that uh, the those those then and, and then with the freedmen, it's talking about those individuals that were named under the, for instance, under the Five Tribes Act or or something like that. Uh, that doesn't specifically. Uh, it, it 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 mentions every group of freedmen. It doesn't it doesn't omit the Choctaw or Chickasaw freedmen. The only reason that I brought it. The only reason that I. When I was here before, you know, I kind of rem- mentioned why the t- situation of the Ch- Ch- Chickasaw Freedmen, from a legal standpoint, uh, and even the and even the Choctaw Freedmen, you know, the rights would be harder to litigate in court because, based on how the treaty rights were, were set up, uh, you know, the but but the bill itself. The proposed bill or what the what the staff people are working on it doesn't it doesn't differentiate between the freedmen of any of the tribes i hope i made that myself clear they're not proposing that that the language be less for chickasaw or choctaw freedmen so far as what has been proposed to the tribes and what we have discussed myself and mr grayson and Mr. McCoy with the committee staff. Yes,
8: sir. Uh, Oh, uh, so the five civilized tribes, were we don't, slaves were only the five civilized tribes? Well,
4: Like sort of, for instance, your Comanche, your uh, your Comanche, your Piawa, the uh, Apache. those three tribes are down here in South Oklahoma. They had captives that were mostly whites or Hispanics. but they had captive roles, and those people got allotments. They didn't have treaty rights. But none of those tribes has ever tried to put those adopted people out. When they set up their constitutions, it said something like uh, a captive would be, uh, let's say they had a person on this captive role. He would be a full blood equivalent. Now, that wasn't based on a US treaty. That was based on the decision of the tribe. So those people have full rights. Certificate of Indian blood cards. So, uh, it's, it's only the ones where black people were permanently enslaved that there was a need for those treaties and went to war. Kiowa didn't go to war uh, uh, to keep uh, permanent slaves. I mean, again, those were captives. I'm not saying that there were no black captives, but the, bl- the blacks were treated differently. Well, no. Yes, sir. But all the treaties are
2: different. And, uh, I the most punitive the most punitive language in the treaties was from the Chickasaw and the Choctaw, and they did not give the freedmen full rights of citizenship in the tribe. The Cherokee uh, did and that was the basis of the lawsuit. So for each tribe one of the reasons we formed this group is because we're going to have to approach getting the rights for Chickasaw and Choctaw in a different manner than the Cherokee, okay? Because we have to go by the treaties. Now, we're in a very, very good time because the Chickasaw and Choctaw and all the five tribes are fighting the governor because he's trying to take more money from them. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) So they have an advertisement campaign going on about what good citizens they are, how they revere treaties that treaties should be upheld. And they also are, are, are talking about what an asset they are to the state. So since they're trying to project such a healthy, positive image, this is a good time for us to test that
4: Well, I just wanted to say, you know, I mean, the chiefs are getting their story out there. You know, it sure would be great, may, I'm sure you all are working on this already, if there were some podcasts and things that were out there that were uh, talking about some of the Friedman stories or some things that showing maybe that they're not so great and, and uh, you know, and where the Chickasaws have have, have, uh, have felt down.
0: I want to add something on that. When you, when you said this, I'm just watching and paying attention. And everything I do, I'm putting God in the midst of this because we have to have him. We have to do what our parents did. They always prayed when they was out there picking cotton and, and working hard. So what I'm willing to do out of my own personal pocket is bring my photographer up from Dallas. And what I need you to do, like, where's Gary at? Raven? you got your book with you? You got some pictures? Yeah, are, are You. what you need to do is you need to, uh, and I know my sister right here got it, my dad has it. You need to get all your photos together. You need to start writing your stories down. And then what we need to do is we take the video. I have my guy come. We'll come to your house or we'll have a spot somewhere in Ardmore, And I'll let everything we do, it will go through her. Okay? Because we have to learn how to do one thing. Work together. And, and so if I say one thing and then I do this, I turn my back on her and then I stab her in the back. We can't do that. That's why this whole mess happened in the first place. Because people got greedy and started thinking out for themselves. We, our kids are looking at us crazy, saying, what are y'all going to do? We got to show them that we know what we're doing. Because if we don't and we fail to pay the taxes, guess what they're going to do? They're going to come take it and put something on it and make some money off of it. And then we're going to look funny. I like what you said. So we need to do, she find the people, I will get my guy to come up from Texas, you tell your story, but each one of you have a story. You got to sit down and talk with your family, and let's let's put this thing together. And once we edit and put it together, we reach out to our congressman and say, "I got something I want to show you," and that's how you get the attention. Not not only
5: talk, talking to each other, but What I like to do is Governor Ataturi has made a statement about you as a people, that you are refugees. I would love to see this story stand on. I don't care what corner you stand on in Oklahoma or America, we have the freedom of speech. Prove him a lie. Bring your paper. Show that you was not a refugee. Show that you are that person. Show him up as a liar, because that's exactly what that is. You know, we have to stand strong and strike, just like she said, it's time. If you miss that window, shame on you. Mm-hmm. And you can't grumble about it.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah. Marilyn, go ahead, go ahead and say something. I know I see you itching over here. Oh,
4: I'm not, I'm not itching to say nothing. <laughs> I, I do want to say, uh, okay, I will say that, uh, like, when myself and Miss uh, Samson, and mrs uh, uh Brown we went to d c and we and miss Brown had made a, a video and uh, this, this was during the time when the Cherokee Nation had froze the the cherokee registration and they and there was just a few freedmen that they were recognizing as members with voting rights and uh, they wouldn't register the children and and so like she, you know she was showing like one of the one i think it was like her little niece who needed to be able to go to this uh clinic and 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 she was uh needing medical help and and everything like that and, and was showing that to some of the congress people and so yeah stories of people in need uh, uh and and things like that 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 makes a difference that makes a difference so yes i'm anita mcgee
5: and uh I have this letter here in my hand, says Department of Interior Commission to the five civilized tribes, and my great uncle, Bill Bruce, we're from Texas, East Texas, like the Pass County, Davis County, and around. My thing is, I have a question for Miss Van or Miss Bill, what's the difference in a
2: Mississippi talk rather than just chalk? know You're not as a commission
5: if you're in Mississippi. That's why I said, yeah, yeah. This paper showed
3: that he rejected, oh. but how can I take to help reverse it? I mean, okay, let me let
4: me explain just a little bit about the Mississippi Choctaw that were on the Dawes Rolls. The 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 uh, they had uh, they had agreed that some Choctaws had the right to stay in Mississippi and and they would receive some allotments. Almost none of them received it because the white people would just run them off the allotments they got. So then the federal government said, "Well, let's bring these some of these people to uh, Oklahoma." So then they said that they could come to Oklahoma, and then they, but then when the people got there, and they said, "Well, we're only going to give the allotments to full bloods, who mm-hmm. they decided was a full blood." Wow! Not this. so about two hundred people got on the Dawes rolls as Mississippi Choctaw. They had to be full bloods to be on the Dawes roll here and to get the three hundred and. Uh, uh, 60 acres of land. Uh, but th- those are not the people who are the Mississippi Choctaw that never left the, uh, the Mississippi and stayed there and eventually got federal recognition as a half blood tribe. Uh, the way this, uh, based on federal law, you can be a half blood Indian community. And legally, if the federal government recognizes you as that, and be a tribe, so they have to keep their blood quantum at a half blood for that group that's still in Mississippi. So they're all either
5: half blood or on up. So, Miss Miss Van, would my my next question would be, would this group
2: even benefit me then? Because I mean, he found this application over in Muskogee back in 1902.
4: Okay. So, did the person get a Dawes Roll number as a Mississippi Choctaw here? We have. Here? The, we have Okay, a lot of people got rejected because they said they weren't full bloods, and again, it was the federal government who decided if they were a full blood or not. So, no, you can't use that, you wouldn't be able to use that to uh, register in the Choctaw Nation uh, here because uh, they would say, Well, the, if the person didn't get a Dawes roll number, it's either a reg- on the regular Choctaw roll. Or as a Mississippi Choctaw, uh, then then they said that that's just a rejected number. Sorry. Okay, thank you.
8: Did I say something about that? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, we talked. Terry and I have talked several times. And we wonder basically. Here oh, you go, Ron. Oh. I don't. I know a little bit to be dangerous, <laughs> but uh, that's basically racist, systemic racism even with the half-blood, so I wouldn't give up on that. I don't know right now We need to get some lawyers that know the Indian law and Constitutional law and everything, but it's race discrimination basically based on the race. But if Mississippi Choctaw is below a half-blood, that may still be some wiggle room there,
4: as my law partner would say. So
8: don't give up.
4: I agree with you. I agree with you because um, it, it's possible. It is possible that um, th- those individuals like that could be a, a class of Indians. Possible. Um, it, it's, uh, some of the difficulties is, is what I mentioned before. When, when it, uh, the criteria to go through the BIA process is not that easy. And the fellow that runs that department, uh, he doesn't like blacks uh, or black tribes. Uh, and then the, the the folks that are in office here, these congressmen and senators, uh, they're opposed to more tribes. They think there's more enough tribes, but no. But everything we're doing is hard. The Cherokee issues were hard too, and I, there were people saying nothing was going to change. Some people were laughing. You know, you're wasting time, wasting money, this, that, and the other. I mean, hey. they're you know, you know, nothing will get done if people don't don't make a plan and try to do something. I agree with you because I have a
8: question. Uh, my auntie and I went to Ada. Ada has an old book with people's names on it, and my grandmother's name came up that in that old book, but it was on the side of the chicken salt free. She got her number when she was nine years of age,
4: so. Is she a Chickasaw Freedman, uh, what? Well, if her name is down as a Chickasaw Freedman, that, you know, then she was a Chickasaw Friedman, received 40 acres or, or an equivalent amount of money or, or the like. did.
6: Uh,
4: some people were listed and didn't get land or money? Yes,
6: yeah. Yeah, she didn't get anything. Okay.
4: I do know this after after people went after that court case the court of claims case that said that the Freedmen hadn't been adopted they would not uh they they wouldn't those children born after 1902 they wouldn't give them a roll number um and an allotment now that uh now it it's, it's only tried that that's the case the other tribes were uh the freedmen were definitely adopted. There are children that were born up until 1906 that either received an equivalent amount of money, or land, or a mixture of both. There's only the Chick-Saw freedmen that they were cut off in, uh if they were born after 1902. There's, There's there. uh, a The only one that did not get
8: told Charles but she was the only out of twelve. I, she was the only one of twelve of my grandfather's siblings that didn't did get on the road because he was born, I think, in
4: 1903. let see if she. Is. As a priest. if she had been born in 1903 uh, in one of the other tribes, the Creek, Cherokee, Seminole, Choctaw. She would have gotten a roll. She would have gotten a roll number. She wouldn't have gotten an allotment if they'd run out of land. She would have gotten a, an equalization payment. So yeah, uh, by being down as a chick, coming through as a Chickasaw Friedman family, you know that was just a to me a land theft, another scam to keep blacks poor
7: and landless. Go ahead, Mayor. Okay, I, I had um, something to cross my mind as everybody's speaking, and I think it may be important for our group to have a committee that's dedicated to um, the, the actual history it, pertaining to the treaties or any agreements, any uh, delegates, that want, uh, delegates that once spoke on behalf of the Choctaw and the Chickasaw Freedmen. I think we should have a committee dedicated to researching our people. That way we can get clarification of what was what in terms of our status, of uh, any legislation that was passed within the tribes against us. Uh, For instance, I'm reading from the Chickasaw Freedmen, A People Without a Country by Daniel F. Littlefield Jr. Um, This book was put out, I believe, in in the uh, 80s. But it, it has such a wealth of information specifically to the Chickasaws and the Choctaw. And I mean, down to names of people that were parts of delegations, if I can read for a moment right here, for instance, it says, um, in the beginning of chapter six, titled, Struggle for Rights, it says, for different reasons, the Choctaw adopted adoption of their freedmen in the 1880s, boded ill for both Chickasaws and their freedmen. The Choctaws actually adopted the freedmen at one point in time. And so I think we should have a, a bit of a research committee dedicated to really clarifying uh, where we stand, what momentum we may have gained in the past, what, what language that may have been passed against us or in our favor in the past. And, and I do a lot of reading, so I definitely would be uh, uh, would like to be a part of that committee. I think that falls under the purview about the legal committee. The legal committee? Because they're looking at the, at okay. the litigation
2: that was filed on behalf of, of the particular sovereigns. Uh, As Ron said, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. I did run across a case just this week where the Choctaw sued the Chickasaw because the federal government gave the tribes a certain sum of money for them to give to each of the freedmen so they could have an established beginning. So uh, the federal government gave the Chickasaw $300,000 to disperse to the freedmen. And uh, the Choctaw were a part of the Chickasaw Nation. So the federal government ordered the Chickasaw to give uh, the Choctaw one fourth of the $300,000. The Chickasaw did not give the Choctaw their money. So they filed litigation. So that's indicating that Chickasaw did not distribute the money the way they uh, were supposed to. And that was one of the reasons, basis for, for one of the court cases at the Friedman filed, was to get the money that the Chickasaw owed them. Uh, Terry Ligon, who spoke to us earlier, the amount of money that the Chickasaw received for the freedmen back in the 1800s is equivalent to a half a billion dollars today. So if, if, if we're going to do any kind of litigation, keep that in mind. OK. You
0: got a question
6: over here? Uh, yes, ma'am, I have a question. Uh, After sitting here and listening to everybody speak, uh, one thing I haven't heard or we've discussed yet is what about those members who have uh, descendants, but their family member hasn't enrolled or submitted an application yet? So should we go ahead and go forward and submit the application, or do you recommend us holding that off? Did Ron come? Yeah, yeah,
2: he's back. Okay, Ron.
0: Yeah, that's good. Come on up here, Ron. Now get up for
2: Ron Graham.
6: Oh okay. Excellent question. And I was concerned about that while while I was sitting back there. Absolutely. Folks, put in your application for citizenship. You're gonna need your birth certificate, birth or death certificates for your mother or father or grandparents. someone who's uh, linked our uh, name on that uh, on the dolls rolls, okay? It is very important that you do that, okay? That's where you get your answers from. The lady back there uh, submit an application to the Mississippi Chalk Talk. See what they say, see what they put on paper, okay? Uh, It may take a little time, but please, folks, when I was here last month, I mean the last meeting, I said, hey, let's get these applications in. Who's, who's been for or who's got their birth or death certificates? Who's gotten? Who's submitted an application? That's great. Please submit the applications. What happens if it's denied? What happens if it's denied? That's the question. Absolutely. If it's denied, you will have your answer on paper. Okay. okay. I've been denied twice.
5: Uh, the first time I was denied I appealed it. Okay. Anna Tubby went back and denied it again. Oh. All the evidence is there, even with the blood percentage of my great grandmother at that time she was eight years
6: old hmm.
5: and she was like half Chickasaw.
6: On the doll's road on the Dawes road. On, on the by blood road. And I
4: think
6: was that a I'm sorry, was that a citizenship? Application or a CDIB card application? Do you know? I put in for both, and it was denied. I would love to see those papers. Okay, I'd just like to say
5: that, uh, that I, I do have a lot of my I am with Chickasaw. So I'm here uh, My daughter did, I talked with her last night, she did work in that department. And she had told me that the reason they are denying it is there's a window that you have to, and if you're within that window, then you are accepted. But at the time, she couldn't tell me what that window was. And she said it's a very short window, and maybe about 20 years. And you have to be connected to someone within that window. Uh,
6: I've never heard Never heard of it. Yeah. What we have to do is uh, look at their laws, see what type of citizenship application, just like the Creek Nation, okay? I have submitted my citizenship, hold that thought, sir. Uh, I have submitted my citizenship application with the Creek Nation. Got denied. I appealed through the administrative court, through, uh, before the citizenship court, okay? They denied me again. Now I went to, through the judicial court, okay? There's something in the Muscogee Creek Nation talks about citizenship, which is Title Seven. It tells you all about how do you uh, submit an application, the process you do, uh, your, your due process. Okay, Right now, it's, I'm in court with the Creek Nation, in their court. Okay, i got to go to their court, and then I, I can even appeal to the uh, Creek Nation Supreme Court. Once I've done that, then you take it outside to federal court. Okay, but you must uh, exhaust all your remedies within the trial. You've, you've got to do that. But it first starts with your application, your citizenship application. You've got to submit that. Yes. Yes, I was in attendance last time, and uh, I wanted to know uh, where, where can you obtain that application. You get them online now. You get them Y'all online. Right there.
0: there you go, right there.
6: That's what I'm talking about, sir. All the five <laughs> tribes are online. They are online now. The, the, for the Creek Nation, uh, you can do it right online. Then is actually 15 pages, but uh, please, I, I don't know how many of the, the other tribes are, I can't remember, but you can go online and, and uh, fill out those applications. Make copies, however you want to do it. And if you need any help with that, I will help you with that. I will spend the time on the phone, Uh, what's your name, your your number, address. We can fill it out online, and I will email it to you. All you have to do is get your birth and death certificates to anyone that's leading up to someone on the Dawgs Commission.
0: Y'all give them a hand, okay? Now listen, Dr. Little's gonna tell you what to do. I'm leaving my cards right here. We have recorded this whole session. By Monday, I will have this up. Who drove from Ardmore that came here? Raise your hand. All right, Ardmore people. All right, give them a hand, all right? You came from Seminole? Where are you from? Oklahoma City. Oklahoma city. where's Oklahoma City at? Let's give Oklahoma City first a hand. What other city do we have that came here today? Where'd you come from? My brother, brother from Dallas. You're from Dallas? You heard about us in Dallas, all right? Good, how about you? You're from Dallas? Okay. Marietta Marietta in the house, Love County. You see what happens when you go on social media and how it works real quick? We have a voice, and the good thing is, it's your First Amendment right, it is absolutely free. And I've already taken some pictures, and they've asked me to send them out to California, because they're watching us now. We have woken up a sleeping giant. So what we have to do is, like she said, because she's about ready to get you organized these committees, I got to head out because I got to do a basketball game. And my goal right now is to talk to the kids in our community. I don't know about you, but I'm frustrated. We don't even have a Black History Month program playing except only in the churches. That's it, only in the churches. We got to have them. I'm on the board now at the community center. So we got to start getting them going back here. We want this young lady to come speak. And we got to get our kids on track to understand what, they're, uh, what it's all about. So let's give Dr. Littles. Maryland, a hand.
5: Thank you, Pastor. Miss Sampson. Miss Sampson. What's your name again? Lietta Sampson. I want to say one thing Seminole Nation won this case too back in 2002 for all the benefits that that the Seminole Nation gets. But the Freedmen still to this day. So don't think that your battle is over once you win something. That's when you stand tall and fight hard. And put it in them kids deep and long. Thank you. So, like, this
2: my cousin, she's here all the way from Muskogee, Oklahoma.
0: All right, Creek Nation in the house. Glad to have
2: you here. All right, and setting uh, brought up a very important point. Our, our children are behind showing, pants sagging, drug using gang bangers. They need to understand the grandeur of their past. If they read some of the letters that the Freeman wrote, there was a Freeman named King Blue, coming out of slavery. He was writing with the eloquence of Thomas Jefferson. They fought for their education. They wanted to read and write. They wanted to be literate. They wanted to be contributing citizens. They weren't asking for a handout. We're not asking for a handout. We're asking for our history to be revisited and fulfilled. So that's what we're asking for is what our ancestors were denied. We want to continue their legacy. We want to know that they stood for something, that we understand the struggle, and we are going to uplift them through us. All right. So now I would like for us to